God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hey, welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. I hope you are ready to say yes to spirit. I need some saying yes to spirit in my life. So, um, I'm happy you joined us. My name is Tracy, and my co-host is Leslie, and we get together on a regular basis to have this conversation about what does it mean to say yes to spirit, and how do we say yes to spirit, and when we say yes to spirit, what happens in our lives? How does it assist us in dealing with the day-to-day experiences that we all face? We also, every time we come together to talk about saying yes to spirit, have a theme. And this week our theme is happy, joyous, and free. If you have any experience at all with 12-step programs, then you probably think our theme sounds very familiar. And we'll be talking about that and how these three words, happy, joyous, and free, are connected to recovery programs and 12-step programs. But we'll also talk about it in general uh, um, in terms of what can we do to be happy, joyous, and free, to live a life in a way that is happy, joyous, and free. So that's our theme for the week, and we'll be getting more into that. But we never dive deeply into our theme for the current week without connecting the dots with our previous theme. And last time together, our theme was jealousy, which we also talked about being. And so Leslie just loves <laughs> to connect the dots, so I'm turning it over that to her to do so. My favorite part. And I'm trying to think how happy, joyous, and free, and envy. I came away from last week thinking more about envy than I did jealousy. Happy, joyous, and free and envy. If I am living in a state of happy, joyous, and free, then I would not be envious. That would be some sort of a slight lame kind of connected dot. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and claim that. Claim that. You know, I um I love that phrase, the idea of happy, joyous, and free. And that's our theme for this week. I know. Really you don't want me to talk about it. That's it then. I'll end with my lame connected dots and move on. Move on. <laughs> Now, if you are a regular listener, you know that now for the next three weeks. Disappointing to me. For the next three weeks, mm-hmm. we're going to hear about how this wasn't <laughs> such a good connected dot. So, um, what's yeah. fun is if you can't relive the bad, right? Isn't that the idea of life? To relive, yeah, it's a perfect, replay. Uh, it's a perfect example of saying yes. Wallow to around and what didn't work. <laughs> yeah, that's why, listeners. This is why we get together every week. To help Leslie. So that we all can remember <laughs> that wallowing around and complaining <laughs> isn't necessarily helpful. What we want to do, yes. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we will come back and talk about happy, joyous, and free. Stay with us.
welcome back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie. And our theme this week is Happy, Joyous, and Free. You know, for the longest time, I was going to have Live, Love, and Laugh on my tombstone. Oh, no. I thought that would come. And then I decided I'm going to have Happy, Joyous, and Free. For years, I thought Happy, Joyous, and Free on my tombstone. And now, of course, I've accepted the fact that I'm going to be cremated, so there's no tombstone. But I, you know, happy, the point of that is that happy, joyous, and free has always been a real cornerstone of my, of of how I want to live life. And I've used that a lot in, like, mantras with my mala beads and different things, that saying, saying those three things, if I'm, I am happy, I am joyous, I am free. I am happy, I am joyous, I am free. And it's a really... Tracy's laughing. See, that's so wrong. Well, what? I just got I guess, this image just, that oh. flashed through my mind oh. of, in the film, The Help. Ah, I love that movie. Um, Adeline... Is that her name? Okay, don't start me lying. Okay, so anyway, the the maid... Right, the main character... As many women did in that position, pretty much raised yes. the children. And so the little girl who, yes. whose mother really was, in, in my opinion, emotionally abusive yes. Yes. to her, um, the maid just kept saying to her, yes. you know, giving her an affirmation. You know? What was it? It was something like Well, uh, if I could remember that, I would have said it. <laughs> but it was really good. It was uh, really good. Yeah. I mean, one of them was, the one I remember always is kind. Because, yes, kind. Because, you know. You are kind. You are pretty. Well, not pretty. Not it wasn't pretty, ever anything pretty. about pretty or beauty You're because that was one smart. of the big things about why her mother didn't like her, that ah. she was heavier and that she, in her mother's eyes, wasn't. Ah. Beautiful, ah. and so um, the maid gave her the three at uh, three words uh-huh. that would resonate with her soul. Yes, yes, true. That would have her the best of her come out yes. in her behavior. And so, as you were saying, happy, joyous, and I am happy. I am joyous. I am free. <laughs> I was thinking, oh yeah, that's kind of like like that. And if we told ourselves that every day, yes. Yes. I am happy. I am joyous. I, I am free. What a difference it could make. And it does make when I actually do it, which is another thing I've found interesting, you know. You actually have to do it. Uh but it also reminds me of that Saturday Night Live Richard Smalley, is that the guy that said I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and by golly I'm worth it. Did you never see? I don't watch that. Wow. Anymore. No, I don't watch TV. Wow. Look at you. I don't there watch you TV. Go. There you go. Hardly ever. Ah. Very much. He and was an so, affirmation guy. Yeah, I was never. Um, I like to eight or something. I'm dating yeah. myself. Maybe, yeah, maybe for a little bit when Gilda Radner was on Saturday Night Live. I guess I watched. So maybe I was still married and there was a TV <laughs> in my house. I don't know. It's, it's like, you know. I think I was watching it in solidarity. You know, I was in a relationship where somebody watched TV and that was a way of spending time together. Yes. But um, he was an affirmation guy. But you're right. If if there is some sort of simple affirmation that's said repetitively over and over again, it does, it, 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 it shifts. Well, you know, one of my email addresses, that's really how it started because peace, going through life in a peaceful state is is really a touchstone for me. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, is this going to bring you peace or is this going to disturb your peace? Right. It's something that I think about a lot when I'm making decisions. And so um, my email address, I am peace mm-hmm. at, you know, whatever um, server, it came from that place of I was in that period of of affirming for myself, I am peace. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. I am peace. Right. That's who I am. That's who I'm claiming. That's who I want to be. That's how I want to show up, mm-hmm. no matter what the situation is. And around that time, for some reason, I needed a new email address, and it was... Um, 
And that's what it became, I Am Peace. Mm-hmm. And now I don't type it as much because, you know, it's already programmed into the computer, right? You just click the button. But when I do type it, like mm-hmm. I'm filling out a form and it doesn't auto-fill, fill, or I'm writing my right email now. address on someone's list mm-hmm. to be added, right. um, I actually feel it. Mm-hmm. It's like I am peace. Mm-hmm. So I am happy, I am joyous, I am free. That would be great. And by the way, did you know that even if you're cremated, you could have your cremains buried and have a tombstone oh. if you so desire. See, that always cracks me up, though, people that get cremated and then buried. It seems like I'm... Or you could have a monument built that's, for you. That's what I want is a monument. That's what I want is a monument. You could have your cremains poured into the cement that's and make a want. tombstone. That's it just wouldn't be over a tomb. <laughs> that's what I want is a monument. Yeah. I can see it now. <laughs> a monument? On the property where your house is. Oh, That you wow. have your cremains turned into a block, <laughs> a, a cement yeah. block. That is inscribed with happy, I'm, joyous, and free. And you leave instructions for it to be planted in that ground for perpetuity so all the stray cats in the neighborhood can enjoy it, can you know, come and be in your energy. You know, you're sharing parts of my life here on the radio, which are very, you know, no one knew that I was a, a bit of a cat person. Oh, yeah, anybody who listens. <laughs> oh, you think? I don't know. I didn't oh, know come I on. That. You either talk about oh. cats. Oh, okay, there you go. Or Work. the women in the <laughs> county jail. Oh, or I'm your so, car. Yeah, oh. so transparent. But, you know, this is kind of funny that you should bring up cats because um, I have a feral cat that uh, lives in my backyard. No. Just really? One. Just one, really, if the city's listening. And uh, she becomes unferal when she has kittens somehow and she enters through the doggy door and has her kittens in my house. And the, uh, she had triplets a few months ago, and guess what I named them? Happy, joyous, Joy. and free. I did, literally, yes. They are. They're very cute. But anyway, just saying, they're very cute, and they're looking for home. And they're happy. And they're happy, and they're joyous, joyous and they're free. And they're free. And, it's, uh, and it is kind of an interesting, though, reminder when I see them, again, it's kind of like you and your email address, how many little... How many little reminders can I put in my day? I can remember years ago going to my sister's house when she must have been in her 20s and they're about to celebrate my twin sisters, their 59th birthday in a few weeks. So that was a long bit of time. That was a hot minute, as the women in the Dallas County Jail will say. The uh, All over her bathroom mirror were sticky notes. And she had, you know, I am beautiful, I am happy, I am wealthy, I am joyous. And I was in what? If she was in her 20s, I was probably in my late teens. And I thought, oh, my sister has lost her mind. The poor thing. She can't. She can't. And I really thought, thought, she just, you know, this is sad. She can't She can't remember this stuff by herself. She has to have it written so she can look at it. And I didn't understand the concept at all back in the That's day. Funny. That is funny. And now it's really, it's, um, it's a reminder of how, it's kind of like, not a reminder, but it's kind of like a trick where different places I can put affirmations. I, I went through a period of time where I'd stick them inside of books in various spots when I was reading a book, so then I'd turn the page and there would be an affirmation. Um, I, uh, things that I'm really l- loving to think about or look at, I'll put inside my um, the thing that comes down in your car, the visor, so when it's sunny or something, She's laughing at me again, just in case people can't tell that on the radio. Uh, you pull the visor down, and then you see the thing there that you want, that I want to be reminded of. So I always kind of find different tricks or ways to bring in the affirmations. Go ahead. Since you're, go ahead. Well, so I was Share laughing. your support, Tracy. So I was laughing yes. at you know, the thing that you pull down, uh, and immediately, as soon as you said that out loud, visor came to visor, you. Visor, yes, right. Um... And I'm laughing at, isn't it interesting that we as human beings, this is not laughing at laughing. Thank you, yes. Um, that we as human beings find it necessary to trick ourselves 
I mean, you know, like hiding the affirmations so that they'll pop up at unexpected times because it's good and it's healthy, but, you know, I may not remember. I'll need a reminder, and that reminder will come at the very perfect time. Um, Am I simply affirming that I need a reminder <laughs> by doing that? No, well, it's no, I don't think it's any different than your sister putting... You know, sadly, no, I know that's exactly you know, what it is. Or ex- I mean, except obviously you know, oh, I'm going to see that every morning. Right. If it's on the mirror in the bathroom, I'm going to see it every morning when I'm getting dressed. Or right. I'm going to see it every time I go to the bathroom. Or, and I actually like that. I I believe that what we reinforce yes. keeps our brain from taking over yes. and having us do what. It wants us to do based on what it saw on TV. Yes. Or, you know, on billboards or in the media. It's like, no, I want to program, if I think of my brain as the hard drive of this computer called Tracy Brown, Mm -hmm. then I want to program it. I want to program it to think and remember the things I want it to think Mm -hmm. and remember. So in that sense, I I think it's it's good. It's not just that I won't remember, or that I you know it'll make me remember more. Right, and for me that's what it is. It's a, it's about a remembering versus a, a learning. Yeah, I think for years and years and years I thought there was something I needed to learn, or some workshop I needed to go to, or some information I needed to gain, and then I would have this like door unlocked to the key would come to me. And and now I'm really seeing it, you know, the river, the flow, the Zen energy, it's all there. It's a matter of whether I'm remembering it or not. And I think, you know, uh, traditional uh, religious thinking says, you know, God doesn't go anywhere, I go somewhere. You know, that kind of idea that what is, is. Whether I'm kind of wallowing around it and experiencing it, doesn't change the fact that it is. And it's fascinating. And I've had the experience gleefully over the last few weeks maybe to actually have gotten back into a bit of the flow. And so, and I find myself like so aware when I'm in the flow of how unaware I was. And I look back and I'm like, wow, who was that? What was that about? Why did why did you feel the need to do all that, Leslie, for all those years? <laughs> you know, I mean, months. months. Yeah. But compared uh, to yeah. at a time in the past where it might have been years. Right, right. And it's really an interesting though it's a, such a vast difference when it's only a shift in the in the in my mind and nothing in my sadly sort of it, nothing in my external world necessarily. That's also a little cleaner. Um, but, uh, you know, nothing really tr- really extreme has changed in my external world, but my internal world has changed, which has shifted everything, which is, you know, of course nothing new, but it's really kind of fun. Isn't it to amazing to notice it, though, mm-hmm. because that's the experience of life. Noticing, yes. And um, so often we do get caught up in the external circumstances, what other people are doing, what other people are saying, what the effect of choices is on my life, forgetting about I can make a new choice, but, I'm, you know, this choice happened a year ago and now the consequences are whatever they are and getting so caught up in the consequences that we forget, oh, uh, you know, if I made a new choice today, mm-hmm. a year from now, right, it'll be showing up because what's showing up right now is obviously directed, mm-hmm. d- directly related to what I chose a year ago or 14 months ago or two years ago. Or yesterday. Or yesterday, yes. I'm a little leery right now of making, using examples that are, change your thinking, change your life 
24 hours, 24 hours later? or a week later. And <laughs> and you know what's funny? And we yeah. What's yeah, funny about that marketing? That you're not mine. Is um, it's because I'm teaching a class right now, mm-hmm. and so I'm teaching a class called Mind Body Connection. Mm. And in the class Mind Body Connection, it is all about how. What is going on in our mind mm-hmm. is connected to what we experience in our body, our physical body, but also in the body of our life experience. So it's not just Oh, us. I like that. Yes, right. So, you know, in the body of life, in the body of, you know, um, you know in the body of my physical being in the body of my affairs, in in the body of my work, in the body of so but mostly when you say mind body connection, a lot of it you immediately think of your health and right. all of that. And so often we have this conversation in class recently about, you know, the question, if someone has cancer, did they ask for that? I mean, were they thinking I'm going to have cancer. I'd, I'd like to have the experience of having cancer. You know, I think I'll sign up and have cancer next week. Or in six months from now when I go to my doctor's checkup, I just hope he tells me I have cancer. And what did your class say about that, Tracy, did they think that? And so we had this great conversation how, about how sometimes what we're thinking, it's not a direct, what what we experience is not a mirror reflection of the words we say, but it would be possible for someone to experience cancer because they have been complaining for the last 15 years about um, how they were jilted in a relationship and they, you know, they've been angry about that and they have felt really hurt about that and they maybe have been saying, I just want this to go away. Or, you know, I or they've been wishing, you know, it's like it's not necessarily a direct thing, but because you're harboring that kind of energy, mm-hmm. the universe is giving you things that give you that same energy. Right. So then you end up with a diagnosis of cancer or a tumor that has grown in your body, and you're in that same energy. Now, instead of complaining about the ex relationship, the relationship that ended, now you're complaining about or being in fear about cancer. And so it wasn't that you ever said, I want cancer. Of course. But the universe is responding to how you show up, what you say, and how you feel, and thinking, well, she's feeling that all the time, she must want more of something more that will give her that feeling or keep her in that energy. And that is an interesting, you know, that's the hardest, I think, that's one of the hardest examples that... Mm-hmm. that um, of course, that's why people in my class <laughs> bring it up. I bring it up. And, uh, and I do, uh, you know, I do, um, I'm a very uh, black and white thinker, right? I think, in, you know, it's a philosophy, it's a thinking, it's a thinking, the thinking is the thinking, and, and there doesn't get to be exceptions out of that. So, sadly, yes, whatever dramatic, horrible thing is happening to me, there's some thread, there's some link to some thought that I had, mm-hmm. except for the 51%. I know that's the Well, no, no, the say, other thing that, that... I don't believe that. I believe and you. I, actually, I didn't there's say this in class, but I'm going to say it ne- the next time I have the opportunity to, uh, because I know this, and I believe it, and I don't even know why it didn't come to mind when we were having this discussion. But the reality is that, because we believe in cause and effect, right? And we believe that there's always a mental cause for whatever the effect is. Physical effect, correct. Right? Yes. So when I say that, I know that's true. There is always a mental cause for whatever is showing up in my life. But the key word here is a mental cause, not necessarily my mental cause. And Look at you wiggling well, your way out. No, no, no it's no. your mental cause, baby girl. No, no. I believe that I have the ability and to have my mental cause. But the reason I say sometimes we need to also say a mental cause, which is what we usually say anyway, but need to think about it that way is because of the law of averages, because of race consciousness, because... 51%. Now, it may, Explain the 51%, Tracy. 
I don't know. What are you talking about? That's a, a tipping point. What about the tipping point, Leslie? The tipping point that people will talk about in the uh, science of mind or the what a metaphysical thinking yes. as the as the um, what do we? It's kind of like the it's a disclaimer to the thinking. I always think of it as the insurance policy that says this applies everywhere, but in this little the, the disclaimer that allows. Uh, people that think like we think to say, well, when it when when it gets too rough to think the way we think, here's our little disclaimer. I don't Do you understand know, that at really all. Have to explain <laughs> what because I I think I know what you're talking about, but I don't have that view of it. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. Rarely, no one has that view of it. Probably, but me. But the 51 percent, as I understand it, is that there's. Um, uh, that there's an energy force or there's something outside, there's the law of averages of, you know, three out of ten people are going to get, um, you know, breast cancer. So if I am a science of mind thinker and I'm having these positive thoughts, well, my positive thoughts have to rise up to a certain level above this 51% or or I can be, I can be, Taken over, you say a victim. I can be taken <laughs> over by this fifty-one percent, and it really has nothing to do with me. But it's you know just the law of averages. It's the 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 the, the, the run of the 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 human experience. So I don't I don't quite un- agree with that completely. Although I think I kind of understand a lot of times when I, when I'm talking about the fifty-one percent, I'm using it with clients and saying you know. How many times did you have that thought of what you didn't want? Mm-hmm. And let's just say their answer is a hundred times in the last day in the, or in the last week. Right. Oh, I can see a day. Oh, yeah, I can see a day. I too, can see but. a day. And then I'll say, okay, well, how many times have you had this this thought of what you want to achieve in your life and well, how you want to live? Okay. And I'll say. Right now, one. <laughs> talking to you. He's like, you just said it. Does that count? So you know, two, five, right. well, right. And so, um, so sometimes what I'll use is the idea that if you were going to have a hundred thoughts, and you are, you're going to have a hundred thoughts, you know, in an hour. So you're going to have a hundred thoughts. If Ninety-five of them are about what you don't want, and five of them are about what you do want. Then that's what's going to carry the energy, and that's going to carry the you know. So you want Absolutely. one of the reasons. So the, really, kind of the only time I talk about the fifty-one percent is like when we do the the affirmation or the releasing prayer, and we tell people to do it seventy times a day, times seven days. Yes. And it's like because what you're trying to do is get that thought to yes. be more than 51% of your thought. You want it to be more than half of the time that is drawing your energy, that is what you are feeling, that's what you are intending, so that the universe realizes, oh, this is serious. Oh, this is what she really wants. This is where it's going. Now, obviously, if you're not doing that, and you are bought into the statistics, the law of averages that are part of the common culture. Yeah. You know, oh, everybody gets a couple of colds a year. Right. You know, oh, well, you're going to get the flu every year unless you get a flu shot. You know, that's just kind of like common culture knowledge. And if you're not counteracting that with something, then, yeah, it has more than 51% of your belief, and so you are more likely to evidence that. Yes. And I'm just, go ahead. Well, no, I'm just thinking. And so in one sense, it is my mental thought, or really it's my mental lack of thought, lack of clarity, lack of conscious thought that is, Allowing is basically saying I just believe what the statistics yes. say, and so in that sense, it's my thought because I haven't replaced it with something else. I've sort of um, I've I've uh, I've not made a choice, so the choice is made for me. Right, the choice is simply because the universe is saying yes to 
to all of life, and if that is the way that the culture is moving and believing, then you're part of that culture, that society, that humankind. So, yeah, so the universe would assume you're in line with that, and so hmm, there's got to be three people with breast cancer, and, you know, it's not so much deliberate, you as a punishment. Never a punishment. Right, because the universe doesn't do punishment. Right, right. Uh, but you're experiencing the consequence of generic subconscious thoughts. And as you were speaking, I, I realized I did combi- I did combine the two, and, I, and they're not the same. The 51%, exactly as you explained it, is me making conscious choice. And the good news is I only have to do it 51% of the time. I just have so a that tipping point, the, tipping that point, then, then, and then the and then the what they call the law of averages is the thing that I'm that using is. as my example is the kind of get out of jail free card to the thinking that I have seen people use that it's not my fault it's just that the law of that's average. just what it is and don't you know and don't and they, you know that fifty percent fifty one percent of marriages end in divorce don't you know that. You know, it, it is such a curious thing, and I, I've had the opportunity to have a couple of um, what I call mental mental uh, debates, and it's fascinating to me to watch people hold on to the belief when the belief isn't working for them. But that's and the way it is. All the evidence is contrary to that. And, um, you know, for me, and I do believe this, and I, you know, Eckhart Tolle is my is my hero for this. You know, I think that shift can come, boom, and sadly, my shift has come, boom, but then the other shift comes, boom, and then that shift comes. You know, I've gone back and forth in the shifts. I, I don't understand how he can sustain it. <laughs> That's the thing I seem to be missing. But I get the boom, and it is, it is, you know, it's like, it's like the big, oh, you know, it's the big uh, angel singing, but. Sustaining it seems to be my problem. Did I say that? Okay, anyway, so people holding on to what they believe when the evidence is contradictory. Ignoring the evidence. There's a woman, since we've talked about all I talk about is the Dallas County Jail, but anyway, so there's a woman in one of my classes that um, we are a program for women who have addictions and trauma. And um, as an aside to that, as part of the program, we have a a team of social workers that will help women in the reentry process, if they need birth certificates, social security cards, job interviewing skills, things like that, because many times that's the things that keep people reincarcerating is because they don't have choices in the world. Yeah. So there's my little soapbox. But anyway, so so that's a piece of our program. But our real focus is working through the trauma and the addiction and the emotional issues. So this young woman came to our pod and she was very clear that she needed a social security card and she needed a birth certificate and she needed something else, and that. Um, She'd been through treatment, and she didn't need any of these classes, and everything was just <laughs> fine in her life except for these three things. And I was said, well, why are you here in jail? You can go to the Stewpot if you live in Dallas, Texas, and they they have an absolute fabulous program in terms of helping people get their social security card, their birth certificate. And um, I said, why are you in jail? What happened to you? Well, that really doesn't matter. She just said, <laughs> and she would literally say that. That doesn't matter. I just need, you know, I'm like, but that, you know, there's something there. There's some reason, because if we're living in the truth of who we are, if we fully embrace who we are, then, you know, the choices may be difficult and the resources may be scarce, but we're going to find them, and we're going to certainly look at this opportunity and being in this program as an opportunity to work on them. But when we're so resistant to the idea that there's anything that I need to work on, that my my behavior or my choices have led to a, a you know, quote-unquote sort of, loud message that I am incarcerated uh, something you know something is off track in my life that's created this and the resistance to looking at that it was fascinating to to watch her hold on to her feeling about that and I, I, I watch certainly I've watched myself in the past do that hold on to you know yes but the famous yes but in 12 mm-hmm. step programs and um, you know I'm smart enough just to stop and not stop saying that. But it, it's hard to notice. I'm saying it, and I know I shouldn't say it, but I'm saying I'm it. I'm saying it. But there is where I am right now. There's there's really, a, where I am. There's a real reason. There's a real excuse. I recently um, 
I recently did a workshop at a conference for um, trans men and um, transgender men that the majority the majority of the members of the organization are people who are transgender who have who have are in the process of transitioning from female to male. Obviously, that means that there are lots of allies, there are lots of um, women who are curious or considering but are not actually making the transition. Um, and it's, it was ju it's just a fascinating organization and an environment to and be. What's the name of the organization? Uh, Black Trans Men Incorporated. And so it has a focus on African Americans, but it really this conference is a transgender advocacy conference. Nice. So it's not just a conference for uh, people who are black who have already made the transition. So um, I was at this conference and I was invited to do a workshop and um, it, with our topic, Happy, Joyous, and Free. It's, I wish I had thought about that. That could have been my session. There you go. Um, but what was one of the things that was fascinating was a couple of people who have made their transition, who have gone from being female to experiencing life as male, Number one, you start with choice, right? You made the choice that I'm actually going to make the transition. I'm going to match my physical outside with my gender identity. Right, which is not a choice. So they're already the way no, they the are. Gender in the identity mind. is not the choice. Right. The choice that I am going to match my physical appearance with who I know myself to be. Correct. That's the choice that I'm going to do that in a way that requires me to appear different in the world, to go through medical processes and surgery. A whole lot of money. That's different. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's like, like yeah, the choice is not about the identity. The choice is about I'm going to do all of these things. So you would, it's not even you would think. What is clear is that anyone who does that understands that the choices I make in life are to can be to have me have a fulfilling life. And to affirm the truth of who I already am. Exactly. So it was powerful to That's be in that energy. That is And at the same time, two different people in the workshop brought up examples of how challenging it was to let go of certain things that had been a part of who they were before. Mm. And... Uh, this idea that I want to be happy, joyous, and free, and I can, it's up to me to define what it will take to be happy, joyous, and free, okay. and you still are impacted by law of averages, race consciousness, <laughs> what people say, what people think. You still are impacted by what you learned growing up, or what you learned at, you know, 10 years old or 12 years old, that you know it doesn't work for you. You know it's not the truth of who you are, and yet you still can't distance yourself from it. And I have to think at some, at, at, at some crossroads, and this is where I think my thinking transgresses, transgresses, changes, is different from others. I should just say it's different from others. But I, I really believe at some point that that just does, it kind of, it goes over there. I mean, I'm, I'm going to start calling it the Eckhart Tolle effect. I'm going to name it, perhaps get his website, <laughs> the Eckhart Tolle effect. And if I, and I just heard another interview with him, and it's, it's as if he, it's as if he literally, I mean, all of the race consciousness, all of society, it's kind of like it's on a little shelf over there. He sees it. He understands that it's there, but it's just not in him. It just doesn't exist. It doesn't play out. It's not a part of. And even when the interviewer is trying to kind of hook him into, you know, this idea that, you know, well, you're such a teacher and you're such a spiritual leader, and he said, I don't know that. I don't see that. I'm just who I am. And he said, if I, if I attach 
that I'm a spiritual leader, then that buy-in itself gives me an ego attachment. So, you know, you can say that. You can see that in me. I'm not discounting it, he said, but it's not something that I'm it's not how I concerned about myself. Yes. Right. And right. it's not what I'm aspiring to. Right, right. You know. I have um I wish it were I could say it was a similar example. Um of an Eckhart Tolle of effect. An Eckhart Tolle effect. Or, I'm doing this. I'm making bumper stickers. Uh, <laughs> um but a few weeks ago I had a cold. Ah. And I, it was so clear to me that the law of averages created—that the law of averages—it was the law of averages fault. That it wasn't my mental thought, but it was somebody's mental <laughs> thought. Um, but no, that it was—you know—I've got the physical symptoms, mm-hmm. but it was so clear to me because I don't see myself as sick. Right. I don't see myself as like a lot of the law of averages. Right. And in treatment, in prayer, and in treatment, a lot of times I actually use the phrase, I know what the statistics say, but the statistics are based on what has happened to other people in the past. And I am not other people, and I was not in that research. And so I am not a statistic. Mm -hmm. And so whatever numbers the statistics report have nothing to do with me, nothing to do with me, because that just tells me what happened to those 3,000 people they studied. Mm -hmm. And so I use that a lot in treatment, and and I believe that to... A certain degree. I mean, you know, I believe it. I believe <laughs> it. And then I get hooked, right? And sure. then I get hooked and I have to remind myself that's what I really right. believe. Um, and and so it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of that Eckertoli effect. Yes, you're looking at me and you're saying, Tracy, you have a cold. You're, you are sick. And I kept catching myself when, you know, yes, I, you know, there were times when I wasn't feeling good and I might say or think, I'm sick, and I would hear myself think that or say it, and it was like, no, that's not true. Right. My body has is experiencing chills. My body, my nose is running, blah, blah, blah. But I, the I am that the I, I am, am, that I am, not only <laughs> is not sick, but can never be sick. Right. You know, and some of it is, you know, you think about, oh, it's just semantics. You're just talking. You're just saying the words. And I think like you, looking at your sister having affirmations all over, it's like, you know, I, I think there is some that level of not getting it. But at this level of getting it, it's like, no, what I say is true. And I need to say it enough that I really believe it mm-hmm. to your 51%. Right. And, and then I need to keep saying it until my brain believes it and thinks that way on its own. It yes. becomes the default. Yeah, and that might that's mean the, yes. not fifty-one percent. Yes. That might mean it's ninety-nine percent of the time. Yes, when I'm thinking about this, or when I'm thinking about myself, the thought I have is that I'm happy, joyous, and free. Right. I know that about yes. me. Yes. I'm so sure of it. I'm as sure of it as the color of my car. Right. And so, if I'm experiencing anything that doesn't I'm not experiencing my life as happy, joyous, and free. That's not who I am. Right. That's just a temporary experience I'm going through. Yes, and that's and and that is to me is when when it, when it hits default and 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 wow, good for Leslie. She's had that the last few days. And, woo-hoo, woo-hoo, woo-hoo. But uh, when it when it hits default, it is such a fascinating thing because it's like it's offensive to me when. When I hit a you know a speed bump or something along the way of, of my thought, and I'd be like, "Wow, where'd that come from? That's not no, no." Instead of you know the speed bump being the, the default, being like, and "Oh <laughs> my, I knew this was going to happen <laughs> yeah. sooner or later." Oh, and then for the next, uh-huh. that's a, actually that's a good description of what happened with me when I had that cold. Mm. It was like, "What? How could I? What me? How could I have a cold? Mm-hmm. I didn't get cold. What is this?" Right. Not ignoring the fact that 
okay, I'm having these five symptoms. What do you? And it was hilarious. And when I look back, and if I were watching it as a movie, mm-hmm. it's hilarious, right? Because I, I, I've had enough colds in my lifetime that I should know what to do, right? I should know what what to take, what drugs to mm. take, or how to take care of myself, mm. or whatever. But it's so not a part of my default thinking about me that literally I'm like, what do you do when you have a runny nose? And and yeah, what do you? And then I go to the store and I'm standing in the aisle going, I, I don't know what products to buy. And it wasn't like I'd never seen any products, you know. And yeah. As I thought about it, it's like, well, you know, your good default that always works is this and this and this. But I literally had to consciously, like, go through the file cabinet in my brain and ask a couple of people, you know, or I had someone say to me, well, what are you taking? And then that's when it hit me, like, oh, yeah, I could be taking something, you know, on the second day. The first day, that never crossed my mind. And I wasn't in denial as much as it just seems so weird. Like, outside of what was yeah, the truth. Yeah, outside of who I am. Right. How could I have this? How could this be happening in my body? Which is different than denial of how could this be happening to me, poor me, Oh, this right. is so unfair. Life is picking on me. It wasn't that kind of how could this be happening to me. It was like amazement. Right. Like, huh. And I, I like the idea of the file cabinet of my mind. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. And understanding that, you know, there there is a choice in what I go and I pick out of in reaction to or response to. And that many times... You know, the default to the positive only comes for me after I've made so many conscious choices for the positive. Yeah. So there has to be, ooh, I'm not going to say that four-letter word. There has to be effort. I'm going to say effort instead of work. E-S-S-O-R. That's a six-letter word. Um, but, you know, there has to be a conscious, conscious choice for me for a period of time to get into that default thinking so that the file that pops up yeah. Is is one of of you know I am happy I am joyous I am free, and that is that you you mentioned the seventy times seven opportunity or tool yes and I've used that a lot in the Dallas County Women's Jail and I can tell you that the women that actually do that I it's like it's like that is a fail safe experiment if if we do say an affirmation seventy times a day seven days, without a doubt, there is a shift. It, you know, it might not be, you know, dark to complete light, but there is a, a movement that happens that is that is a guarantee, and it, and it just simply proves that, that thought or that idea that our mind shifts everything in us. And, and I use the example, remember the famous study, it was recently that they took the Olympic athletes and they hooked them all up, the track and field people, and, mm-hmm. and they figured out what's going on with their bodies, and they had them run their event, and they did all the um, the tests in their physical bodies, and then they had them lay on a couch and think about their event with the same tests running, and the out-picturing was the same with the physical tests. Their bodies were doing the exact same thing, their heart rate, their blood, their muscles, whether they were laying on the couch or running the race. Yeah. And that's a really extraordinary proof that our mind is creating our experience. The experience is not creating the experience, the mind. And I you know, go back to people that uh, Maya Angelou, why the cage bird sings. I mean, the stories of the people in these horrific, horrible situations where they are free, the experience never creates the experience. It's the mind. Boy, that should be like on a like tape somewhere, right? It's not yes, the experience. It's a good thing we record creates, this show. It's not the experience that creates the experience, it's the mind. We have the Eckert Tolley effect. <laughs> and we have the <laughs> What is that? 
Something. The wisdom <laughs> of a lesson. There you go. There you go. That's it. I was trying to think of a word that started with L <laughs> so we could have some alliteration. Uh-huh, the, uh-huh. Um, but I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> what kept coming to mind was the lies of the lesson. Thank it's you. Like, no, oh, this that is would deep be true. Yeah. This is deep this wisdom. Is acting is it. Fact is it. No, it's like this is deep wisdom here. So I don't know if you're listening and you can think of an L word. There you go. That, that doesn't. Yes, that, it doesn't that, affirm that uh, really um, is about wisdom and truth. That's it. That's it. That's what we want to affirm. Yes. You know, we haven't talked about spiritual practices in terms of um, living in a state of I am happy, I am joyous, I am free, other than doing the affirmation itself. But I am reminded of, it's sort of an affirmation-like spiritual practice, but um, keeping positive music, keeping positive people speaking. I was really aware, um, I have a dear, dear friend that I work with, and uh, I was really aware this week as my energy had shifted to this like, I, 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 she has such a she has such difficulty with some different people at our work, and her language was, "Oh, this is the most terrible thing." And I heard her saying to me, "Oh, and it's terrible for you." And oh, I'm so sad for you. And I, and I felt myself because of the friendship, not wanting to say, you know, hanging up on the phone. But I felt myself. I didn't. Yeah, I wanted to like stop. I felt myself saying, "Stop, stop, 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 stop." <laughs> and uh, and there's a there's an old therapy trick that a therapist taught me years ago and she said to um, put a big mayonnaise jar over me to think about a glass mm. jar of any mm. kind of glass jar and visually make it huge and put it over me and so I've got this glass around me and I'm living in this space of air that's about two feet in front of me there's this glass and when anybody says anything it hits the glass and I get to choose is that something I want into my space or is that something that stays out? Um, and so I used that this week in terms of if it wasn't affirming what I'm feeling and what I'm remembering and what I'm knowing is the truth, then I'm saying, no, that's not that's not my, that's not in my mayonnaise jar. I kept saying that to you. It's not in my mayonnaise jar. And then I found myself being able to, you know, gently maybe give her some opportunities to see how her thoughts and her words might be making her experience worse. But... I didn't have to have it come in my manager. You don't have to take it in right. It kept me from being angry at it or, you know, having to, like, you know, hang up the phone and throw it out the window. Right. That's right. (laughs) And, and, you know, I think that's a good example because when it's a friend or it's a family member, you're going to be in relationship with them all the time. And to be able to say, even when they're talking about their perception of your life. Right, right, right. Right. To be able to be like, you know, I'm just listening to her and she's really just telling me about herself. She yes, is not, right. She, she is not me and I, only I get to decide yes. how to interpret or what is going on in my life right. and what it means. Right. And so, but it's not always easy. So it's great to have something like the mayonnaise jar to mm-hmm. to take it in. And you know, there are times to speak up, and there are times to simply let it go because it's like mm, that's not my truth of who mm-hmm. I am. And you know, she feels better saying all of that. Yeah. I, have a, <laughs> I have a friend that I um, interact with on a regular basis, maybe about once a month, and once or twice a month, and. And a lot of times that's what I'm doing. I, I don't have the mayonnaise jar piece, but it's I do have a, a subconscious Peanut butter shield. jar? No, I do. It's, just, it's an energy Ooh, shield. shield. That's a very metaphysical thing. Yeah. That is, um, you know, you want to complain for the next hour, you can complain. I understand you. I mean, in my mind, what's going on is, right. I don't say this to her, but in my mind it's like, hmm. Yeah, you need to have some place to vent, and I can hear it and not own it. And 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 as this person and other people often are like to do, don't you agree with me? Or isn't that right? Or, you know, all of those to pull you in. And I have 
mastered the art of being able to say, well, you know, that's one way to think about it, but not in terms of you're wrong or we even have to go there. Just really, i got to respond, but I'm not going to agree when I don't agree. Right. So, well, that's an interesting way to think about it. Or, you know, I've never really thought about it that way before. Or, well, you know, I had a little different experience, but I truly understand where you're coming from. You know, it's like all of that is true. So when you say those things to me, then I know that's cue for it. Leslie, you're just being a no, raving. No, if it was you, I'd be like, <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, me, you no. Stop yourself. No. Stop yourself. Back away from the insanity. <laughs> no, actually with you, I would probably listen. Aww. But then when you, no, but you're not going to like where I'm going. But then if you got to the point of, isn't that right, which you don't do because you already, you know me well enough to know that I'm going <laughs> to say gonna no. Ask. Right, yeah. So you don't ask. Yeah. But if you did, I'd be like, well, Leslie, what, what do you know? Mind, no. Oh. What does science of mind oh, say science about of that? Mind what does Ernest Holmes say about oh. that? Because what would, what would I won't ask you, what do you know? Because you're telling me. At that me point, I'm, the, I'm in the negative, right? right? Right. And you're telling me what you think or know or are feeling in the moment. And, you know, that's such an interesting thing in terms of also reminding ourselves, because whatever our faith base, whatever our philosophy is, if yeah. I really dived into it and, and pondered it and made it my own, yeah. I think that's the key, any kind of philosophy or religion works as long as I've really made it my own, then there's always that touchstone. There's always that reference point. You know, does this in line with what I deeply believe or am I operating out of some sort of... Humanity. Um, <laughs> yeah, I oper- operating out of the, uh, the law of averages. Well, and that's exactly why the phrase, you know, what would Jesus do, right, got so popular so quickly. Or, you know, as, as in New Thought, we're prone to say, what would love do in this situation? How would love show up? How would God show up? Um, how would God react to this happening? How would Jesus respond mm-hmm. if this happened? Um, and it, that it's the exact same thing. It brings us out of our human reaction right, and reminds us of what we know to be deeply, spiritually, universally the best thing to do or a good way right, to respond. And there is that moment of, you know, we do a lot of anger management work in the jail, and you know, it's that, there's, there's, that, there's that little moment of time in between the event and when the anger triggers off, and you've got that little slice of a few seconds to make the choice. And so right. the opportunity is always... How do you expand those few seconds? How do you breathe? How do you take a walk? How do you do something to expand that time to give yourself more of an opportunity of choice? And then how do you accept and understand that choice? Right. Choice. A conscious choice. (laughs) Yeah, instead of a default. Right. Well, I'm happy, joyous, and free. (laughs) I am happy, I am joyous, I am free. I, I break it down that way. It's better with the I am's in front of each one for me. It's more powerful. And Leslie needs a powerful kind of affirmation. I like it. So we encourage you, every one <laughs> of you, all of us. to use that affirmation. I am happy, I am joyous, I am free. And see what that inspires you to do in your life and how it inspires you to respond as life happens. As life is reacting, we get to respond. Yeah. So that's it for this week. And um, we're glad you joined us. And until we... (laughs) You sound like you're about to say something, really. No. That's it. That's it. That's all there is. So until we meet again... Say yes Yes to spirit. spirit.